Hello and welcome to the Vitality Explorer podcast. My name is Dr. Alan Mishra. I'm an orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist. Our goal with the Vitality Explorer podcast, as always, is to optimize your vitality. We're going to start to try to do that with a quote from Mark Twain. And here it is. Quote, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. So sometimes just getting started is the hardest part. So this week we're going to be talking about um, three topics like we typically do on the Vitality Explorer podcast. You can find the references to all of these on vitalityexplorers.substack.com. You can also subscribe there to gain access to over 400 scientific posts and podcasts about how to lead your most vital life. We try to focus on two core concepts, that one is vitality is a skill, and number two is that vitality is a gift you give yourself by taking ownership over your decisions. So let's start with the, just going over what the three topics will be. Here's number one, exercise is kryptonite for knee arthritis. Number two, mushrooms crush cancer. And number three, a breathtaking breakthrough. Now, we're going to talk about something that I do know a lot about, and that is knee osteoarthritis. And the concept of using exercise for knee osteoarthritis is way underrecognized. So I think it's kryptonite for, for, for arthritis in a variety of different ways. But now, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to report to you today about the scientific data that confirms exercise reduces inflammation, okay? And this is part of a paper that we will go over, but I think it's uh, important to give a little bit of the background on knee osteoarthritis. It's incredibly common. There's you know, hundreds of millions of people who suffer from this worldwide. It results in pain, swelling, and loss of function. And there's also dozens of different treatments. There's really a myriad of possible treatments for the complex disorder. And I have patients every single week coming in asking me to inject steroids, PRP or platelet-rich plasma, or stem cells to tr treat severe osteoarthritis of the knee. And far too many of these patients have failed to do anything else and they're just searching for a quick fix. And unfortunately, to my knowledge, there's no stem cell treatment that effectively treats severe knee osteoarthritis. And what I mean by that is like when the, when the joint spaces between the two bones are completely or close to completely obliterated. There's a lot of different ways to measure that, but when there's very, very little joint space left, sticking an injection in the knee is not going to make it better, all right? Now, PRP can be effective for mild to moderate knee arthritis, but severe osteoarthritis, it's not a good idea. And cortisone injections are rarely, if ever, indicated, in my opinion. You can read a different post we had on Vitality Explorers on three reasons why cortisone shots suck if you want to learn more. Um, but it's my strong recommendation that all knee osteoarthritis patients participate in both weight control and exercise as part of their overall treatment protocol. So, you, so it's not just one thing, but these two core concepts of optimizing your weight and participating in some form of exercise, I think has massive value. <clears throat> now I think of them also, wait for it, as biologic treatments. All right, so biologically, if you weigh five pounds less, your knee's gonna feel like you lost about 25 pounds. And here's the thing we're gonna focus on for today's post, is that exercise is an excellent way 
to reduce systemic inflammation and local knee inflammation. That's not my opinion. That's based on this paper here. Exercise-induced effects of inflammatory markers and brain-derived neurotrophic factor in patients with knee osteoarthritis, a systematic review with meta-analysis. So this, this is a sort of review of reviews. Looked at 21 articles, 1,374 participants. <clears throat> Excuse me. And again, you can look at the some of the graphs and the data on the Vitality Explorer Substack site, but here are the three primary conclusions of the study. Number one, exercise is an effective way to modify the inflammatory response in patients with knee osteoarthritis. Number two, local and systemic inf inflammation decrease when a patient exercises. And number three, and I think this one's important, exercise is safe because there was no exacerbation of inflammation when people exercise. So some people say, oh, I can't exercise. It causes my knee to swell. There's a lot of different components to that. There were some specific findings that I found interesting, and those were that C-reactive protein, um, also known as CRP in a common measurement of inflammation, was lower in the, in the blood uh, in patients who exercised. And inflammatory markers, things like these have fancy, uh, you know, sort of names like TNF-alpha or IL-1B, um, were lower in the joint inside the joint, so they were taking fluid outside of the, uh, the joints of people that exercised. And the TNF alpha and IL one beta um, were lower in patients who had been exercising. So the review <clears throat> looked at a variety of different types of exercise, including aerobic, strength, and flexibility exercises. But the main overall finding is that all of them were helpful. And I think this paper, you know, which took a total of over thirteen hundred patients, almost fourteen hundred patients is strong evidence in support of exercise as a way to mitigate the inflammation associated with knee osteoarthritis. I think we can think of it as sort of an anti-inflammatory pill, a personalized anti-inflammatory pill, but without the side effects of anti-inflammatories. It's actually the opposite. The side effects of exercising are benefits. They're benefits to your heart, your brain, your body, uh, and, and now you can say to your knee. So beginning an exercise routine in the context of having knee arthritis, however, can be very challenging. I've seen thousands of patients with this, so I understand this very well. Um, that's why I developed something called the quad crunch, which is to help people reconnect their brains to their muscles around their knees. And I've recommended this exercise to so many patients as a way to just begin turning the quad muscle on to help support the knee joint. So big disclaimer here, don't start any exercise routine without first checking with your own personal physician. Um, you can see a video of the quad crunch exercise. And again, all the data about this post that we just talked about online at vitalityexplorers.substack.com. Um, you can also look at a different post that I put up there called Healthy Knees at Any Age. Um, you know, the goal here is to help people empower them with information to talk to their doctors about what's best for them. Um, again, this is something that I, I hope people will take, take to heart and literally start exercising as a way to decrease the inflammation around their knees if that's appropriate for you in your situation. We're gonna, we're gonna pivot now to something that I really don't like. <laughs> and this is mushrooms. All right, uh, I mean, let me give you a disclaimer on this. I am disgusted by mushrooms. I don't like their taste, I don't like their texture. Um, but I am obligated to report to everybody out there in Vitality Explorer land that mushrooms actually crush cancer and how eating them might help fight cancer. This is a really interesting new study uh, called Anti-Cancer Potential of Edible Slash Medicinal Mushrooms in Breast Cancer. 
And here's a staggering quote from that paper, quote, mushroom consumption is associated with a significant reduction in the risk of any cancer. Let me say this again. Mushroom consumption is associated with a significant reduction in the risk for any cancer. That's pretty amazing, right? So the mushrooms have anti-cancer effects, mainly in the context of their ability to modulate the immune system, according to that study. But let's focus on one subsection of cancer patients, and that is breast cancer patients. There are more than 2 million per year worldwide, and unfortunately, those numbers are rising. Fortunately, there's a lot of treatments that are effective, including surgery, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, hormonal treatments, radiation therapy, and they've all been rapidly evolving. But the side effects of some of these treatments have led patients to explore either complementary or alternative approaches to combat the nasty disease of breast cancer. Um, so the paper we just talked about, anti-cancer potential of mushrooms, um, suggests that there might be value in the treatment of breast cancer with mushrooms. It could even inhibit or prevent the disease. And here's a couple quotes from the paper. Quote, mushrooms are rich in proteins that have cytotoxic and anti-cancer properties. And so there's a picture up on the Vitality Explorer Substack site of a variety of different types of mushrooms and their various scientific names. Um, and the, the paper went into a lot of detail about these different you know, types of mushrooms and how they can do things to help uh, combat cancer. Um, they function to inhibit cancer by a variety of different mechanisms. I'm gonna go over a couple of them. One of them is called apoptosis induction. That basically means for cells to, to go into a controlled uh, elimination or death of specifically cancer cells. It can in inhibit metastasis or invasion. It can decrease the proliferation. It can also inhibit the blood vessel generation called angiogenesis. Um, these are all different <clears throat> cellular type mechanisms by which mushrooms can help people who have cancer who want to prevent it. But interestingly, human studies have confirmed that they can lower the risk of mortality, that mushrooms can lower the risk of mortality in patients with breast cancer and may also prevent the disease. This is staggering. Here's another collusion. I know this is crazy. I, I just am trying to figure out why it isn't more commonly known that this is valuable. Because here's a quote from the paper. Quote, the available evidence shows that mushrooms may contain compounds having the potential to be used in both the prevention and treatment of cancer, as well as the stimulation and recovery of the immune function. So I think interested readers should check out the Vitality Explorer Substack site, look at the full paper, look at the abstract, look at the details of the type of mushrooms that may or may not be of the most value. But here's the Vitality Explorer analysis and recommendations. Uh, this is, there's clear scientific evidence suggesting mushroom consumption can be a valuable part of breast cancer treatment or perhaps any kind of cancer. So back to this disclaimer of mine of like, I don't like mushrooms. I think, again, I don't like the taste or the texture I actually find it disgusting, but I need to reconsider my stance because it, it is quite apparent that mushrooms have value in the context of either treating and or preventing cancer. So I have a plea out there. For any of you mushroom lovers out there, please uh, post your comments on below on this podcast or on the Vitality Explorer Substack site um, and post your tastiest recipes that include mushrooms. All right, I think I need to, need to explore those. Uh, and anybody who's listening to this who's a nutritionist, a dietitian, or an expert in that area, I would love for you to opine about what you think about this particular paper uh, in the context of cancer. Uh, I refer you again to the uh, 
abstract of the anti-cancer potential of edible and medicinal mushrooms in breast cancer. Um, that's, that was published in 2023. Uh, you can also look on the Vitality Explorer Substack site and a recommended piece of content called Muscle Smashes Cancer. But these ideas of using our own body or what we eat to help us in the fight against this nasty disease is part, a big part of what we should be doing with Vitality Explorers. And we will continue to look into the literature and report back to everyone about what we find. We're gonna finish this week's Vitality Explorer uh, uh, podcast with breath, with a breathtaking breakthrough. <laughs> okay, I know it's a little snarky there, but basically this is how nasal breathing lowers your blood pressure. Uh, it's kind of an emerging thing to kind of tape your mouth shut and breathe through your nose. It's a biohacker kind of thing. Um, um, but it's, it's, it's interesting to kind of contemplate how important our nose is and how it differs from breathing through our mouth. So our nose functions to filter, warm, and humidify the air that we're breathing. But this is fascinating. Nasal breathing also, breathing through our nose, also lowers our blood pressure and improves several other cardiovascular variables according to this paper. And here's the title of the paper. Acute nasal breathing lowers diastolic blood pressure and it increases parasympathetic contributions to heart rate variability in young adults. So this is part of our quest in 2024 to focus on younger people, 18 to 34, 18 to 45, depending on what your function of younger is. But healthy individuals, these are people between 18 and 30 years old participated in this study. And they, they started the study by just doing free breathing. That's like just breathing in and out like you normally do. The patients were then instructed to breathe only through their nose or only through their mouth. All right, and then this was done in a resting and then exercise protocol. And the exercise protocol was basically uh, seven minutes on a recumbent bike. You can see a little graph on the Vitality Explorer Substack site if you're more interested. But the nasal breathing, people who breathe through their nose resulted in small but significant reductions in overall blood pressure. Okay, that's kind of fascinating, right? There are also changes in something called heart rate variability in favor of the nasal breathing. So HRV is uh, sort of the time, this is also known as heart rate variability, is the variation in the time between heartbeats that is controlled by our autonomic nervous system. So we don't have to think about our heart breathing. We don't have to think about our digestive tract. We don't have to think about breathing. It automatically happens. So that's part of the autonomic nervous system. And it's, this HRV is a really complex measurement of overall well-being. But, but here's, here's the primary conclusion of the paper. Quote, our primary novel finding was that nasal compared to oral breathing improves several physiologic and subjective variables at rest during exercise, okay? And our analysis of this paper is, is, is I know it's kind of simple, but I think it's quite crazy important, and here's why. Because scientific data supports breathing through our nose as a way to lower our blood pressure. This is especially in the context of young people, 18 to 30, 30 years old. They need to do more studies in older people, but if you were consistent about this protocol of breathing through your nose, it's not an answerable question right now, but let's say you started at 18 or 20 or 25 and you started to try to breathe more through your nose than your mouth, would you have a less risk of developing hypertension in your 40s or 50s? So I think it's a, it's a zero cost way potentially, not for sure, but potentially to decrease your risk of developing high blood pressure later. And according to the data, it is a way 
scientific way to just lower your blood pressure a little bit. I think it should also be studied over a longer period of time as a non-pharmacologic way to reduce blood pressure. Um, and it's so important to avoid getting high blood pressure because it's associated with heart attacks and, and, and stroke. So the bottom line is breathing through your nose seems like a simple way to lower blood pressure and lower your cardiovascular risk. Uh, always check with your doc before doing any of this stuff. You can check out uh, the, the more of the data on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. I also have uh, recommended related content in, in what we call weightlifting for your lungs. And that's actually a different version of this where you're breathing through a mouthpiece that's resistance. So resistive breathing as a way uh, to help, help your lung and your cardiorespiratory uh, function overall. So this, this week's Vitality Explorer Substack site was focused on things like knee osteoarthritis and how exercise is helpful how mushrooms can help crush cancer, and finally, how breathing through your nose may lower your blood pressure. A lot of, a lot of focus on your physical well-being with this week's Vitality Explorer, Substat, or Vitality Explorer podcast. Remember what Mark Twain said, if you're starting out this year uh, and you're trying to work on something new, remember the secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. If you've enjoyed what you're listening to here, please share it widely with your friends, family, and coworkers. Please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts uh, and continue to pass on the Vitality Explorer Substack site for anybody who's interested in learning scientific ways to improve their physical, mental, social, and or spiritual well-being. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, dare to be vital.